from the nchc.tv studios behind the mask hockey shops present college hockey west live behind the masks college hockey west live is brought to you by jesse ray's barbecue at 308 north boulder highway in henderson stop in for lunch cater your next event or just buy a couple of bottles of our award-winning sauces the nchc and nchc.tv subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013 the tag creative group search t-g-r-a-n-r-u-d at redbubble.com and let us create a unique design for you or your business behind the mask hockey shops visit any of our three valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line caesar's entertainment resorts and casinos where an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations around the world the spaghetti shack classic italian comfort food quickly with locations in tempe and pine top order online at the spaghetti shack.com liberty university play for something more faith education and hockey at liberty.edu college hockey inc your ncaa hockey resource jets pizza sign up for our crunch club at jetspeats.com and have special deals delivered straight to your inbox and by the caesar's sportsbook app proud partner of the nhl college hockey west live from the nchc.tv studios presented by behind the mask as a part of the icetimehockeywest.com network here are your hosts scott strandy and paul hornstein well welcome in after a scrambling sunday to college hockey west live scott strandy joining me tonight back in maricopa arizona i'm not on the 12th floor though on the third floor today but still another beautiful room here at the harris Resort and Casino just outside of Phoenix, Arizona after a weekend in Las Vegas where I saw a little AHL, a little ACHA, and followed along with NCAA hockey. My co-host, as always, joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York, from that big, beautiful palatial estate. Paul, I don't know about you, but I got black and gold tigers running all over my room. Well, uh, I mean... Uh, I'm still trying to find the guy with the estate. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> Roar is all I can say. The Tigers, as I like to say, are rocking and rolling and maybe the hottest team in all of NCAA hockey. Yeah, I know they lost a game or two here and there. But goodness gracious, come on, people. They are just rocking it right now. And for a team that was nobody except me gave a chance to do anything. Um, they are making some noise in the NCHC and dare I say across NCAA hockey. I, I just can't, I think I'm going to be nauseous now. <laughs> why, um, why is that? <laughs> I mean, didn't you have a good dinner? Or? Well, no, it has nothing to do with that. I mean, just oh. the only person that thought this team was going to be good is you. Oh, Absolutely. There was nobody on the Tiger bandwagon except me for the Colorado College Tigers. Well, that's got to stop because that's embarrassing, and you know, I don't know why you keep doing that. You're not the PA announcer. I should be. No, you shouldn't be. But that's, you know, there. Um, How about yeah, those so, Tigers? Um, you know, we we said it. They had the the tough stretch uh, for November. But if you look at it, one, two, three, four, five, five and one in October. 
two, one, and one in December. And for the month of January, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six and two in January uh, with, a, with, with a nice streak going here. A uh, lot of overtime games, but you would expect that from a team that that's really their style. I mean, you know, let's let's face it, they're goalie and defense team first. Oh well, yeah. You know, um, when you, when you got the sponge, Caden, who? the sponge, and Barracle in net, um, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? No, I have no idea. You do too. Caden the sponge. Who? Every puck that comes at him sucks it right in. Um, yeah, okay. That's, that's no. <laughs> no, no rebound in America is what I like to call him now. <sighs> no. Uh, anyway, we know what you mean. They've got great goaltending, great defense. Extremely well. Well, we know they're well coached. Of course, um, yeah. nice, nice plug for uh, Coach Chris Mayotte and Peter Menino and John Lidget. Well, it starts there, right? That's where the culture starts. <laughs> of course, and it I know is. That this, and, I, and I know that that is the, from the ground up, baby. I, I know that that is probably now the most overblown phrase. I know it's accurate, but it just. You know me when I start to hear something over and over and over and over again. Um, you know, um, but, um, that's where it starts and, and, you know, I mean, somebody put up a video of all the overtime goals that won national championships in the last 20 or 25 years. Um, one of those, uh, it was... And I saw it because of uh, um, somebody that is in the CC sphere posted it. And they were like, because one of those was uh, Colorado College in the national championship game against Michigan. And, you know, Michigan won that year. So, um, but I guess kudos for him posting it. Um, Paul, this team has only lost three times in their last 11 games. Dating back to December. I just said that. What are you talking about? I just said that. They swept at North Dakota. They won an exhibition against Minot State. I don't know. At Minnesota. Why can't you count that? You have to count that exhibition because they hadn't played in nearly a month. It doesn't count in the standings. No, but you still got to say they played the game and they won. Um, then they played two at Minnesota and split. Then they went up to Minnesota Duluth and they split. Then they came back home and got Miami and, and swept. Now they went to Western and this might be almost as good as winning at North Dakota because Western is extremely tough at Lawson. And when you're in there and you can dismantle that team, like they did, uh, they gave them no real opportunities and what they did the sponge just absorbed. So to come away with two 2-1 victories, and you called it best. You said maybe it's Groundhog Day because uh, one Noah Laba just continues to get it done. Man, you don't want to be out there with him three-on-three three if you're an opposing team because he can just school you. 
Well, the weird thing is, is, and I'm not, is, I don't look at him as a three on three kind of player. I look at him as more of a grind it out, get to the front of the net, greasy. But, you know, uh, he's doing it. So. Okay, here's, I agree with you on that. That's the kind of player he is, five on five. But when he gets open ice, A, he's got speed. B, he's got strength to hold off anybody trying to take him on one on one. You're just not going to do it, quite frankly. You're going to have to have two guys. And if you put two on him, now you got a two on one somewhere else. So you, uh, in, in overtime, man, if I'm Chris Mayotte, and I'm sure he does this anyway, uh, I'm throwing Noah Lobb out there as many times as I can in that five minutes. Well, I, I'm sure he does. I mean, you know, he started the Friday night game in the overtime, and I'm pretty sure he probably started it again on Saturday, even though it was about three minutes in when they scored. So it probably was his second go-round uh, on the ice. I mean, you'd have to check the box scores, but, you know. Um, you know, and CC is on the precipice of you know, the last time they made the NCAA tournament was 2010-2011 year. Uh, that was two years before even the um, existence of the NCHC. So, you know, um, you know, uh, now they're not in based on the pairwise yet. Um, oh, don't get me started with the pairwise and who's in and who's well, out. I'm not, oh, not trying to do God. that. That's what I do. Well, listen, if it's if it's about aggravating you, that is what I do. Well, you just did it because the pairwise is a mess. Anyway. Yeah, well, we're not, we don't have time for that right now. We can do these games first. I know. We got to talk about night or Tuesday night, whatever. Let me just put a bow on this Colorado College thing for tonight. Um, um, I just, well, because it was, they played a tremendous, and they won on the road, two overtime games on the road. Uh, tremendous, tremendous weekend. When, you know, two base, two two to one games. That's the third time in four games. I mean, one goal game, one goal game. Miami was a, was maybe was it was that an empty net goal? I gotta look here. Uh nope, nope, nope. Uh not an empty net goal. Um a one goal game, one goal game, one goal game. Their last six games. Uh an overtime loss and th- three overtime wins have all been one you know, been five of the six have been one goal games. So that's what they do. <laughs> that's the style they play. And um you know, the two games against North Dakota overtime, the split with ASU, one of the uh, the tie and the over and the loss against ASU, uh, again overtime, um, uh, in one in one of those games. I mean, it's just that's that's their game, and you know, the the more comfortable they get in those games, the more dangerous they'll become. At the you know, at, at any time they might make the, you know, whether it's the NCHC tournament or if they go further than that, you know. Um, well, I've got three points to make on this. Number one is um, when regulation win. when they start scoring and when they fix that power play that you and I talked about off, uh, off air, when they fix that, those two little modules, they are going to be nearly impossible to beat because they know how to play a defensive style of hockey 
and they know how to lock you up. Just ask Western Michigan, just ask North Dakota. So that's number one. Number two is they are making a heck of a bid to, to host me on my birthday against North Dakota. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what they're, what they're thinking, thinking about. about. I'm I sure that's that what exactly what they're thinking about. I'm going to ask uh, Coach Mayotte and uh, Peter Menino. I'm going to ask those two if that's what they're really working towards because they play like this against St. Cloud State, then I'm going to have to change some plans and make sure that I'm there to see them on the 16th and 17th of February because they've earned it. They have earned the respect, and if they're not getting it across the league right now, there's something wrong. Um, and secondly, well, across is, the league, I'm sure they're getting it. Um, and secondly is they're, they're going to be a tough out uh, whether they get in the NCAA tournament on that large bid or whether they get through the frozen face-off, whatever it may be, they are going to be a tough out. And if the Paraguay somehow figures out a way to keep them out, oh, man, then they are doing a disservice to all of college hockey because if you want to see how to play the style of game that gets you wins, just watch Colorado College. Just watch them. They built the roster. Now they're building the, uh, the how should we say this, the culture on the ice. Well, again, and I know this has got to be driving the coaches nuts, but if they, as you said, I mean, right now they are 62nd in the country on the power play. Paul, I they're mean, just too talented game. to not score on the power well, play. Well, I mean, they are. Yale and Vermont are the only two. I mean, they're – they're behind some programs that are that we don't even know if they scored any goals, let alone. Um, but I mean, just if they get because special teams are just so important, especially in the postseason. That you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's their one, their one weakness that you can see right now they're 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 men's amends on the on the penalty kill but they are above 80 percent you know so that's not so bad um but you gotta be better than 10 percent on the power play i mean that's just yeah I and mean, that's the only thing that if i was the coaches i'd be that would be keeping me up at night well, they're 15-8-1 despite that, um, which is pretty darn impressive uh, in the three-year, short three-year history of uh, the program under Chris Mayotte. So congratulations, Colorado College Tigers. Keep it rolling. And um, no. let me see. Where else do we go? We, uh, we have to go up to Grand Forks to the Ralph because a big series between North Dakota and Denver and North Dakota flexed a little muscle at the Ralph Engelstead Arena in Grand well, Forks, North that. Dakota. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Ralph. Where? Anyway. Yeah, you know where it is. You can find your way there. You'll find your way there in January next year. That is not happening. <laughs> well, wait till the weatherman says um, chance of below zero temperatures, high winds, and lots of snow. Then we'll put you on a plane. Yeah, there you do not have enough cash, dude. You just don't. Okay. Anyway, um, North Dakota, uh, Denver. Was there any surprise in this one, Paul? Any surprise at all in what you saw between 
North Dakota and Denver because um, sad as I like to, you know, my affection for Denver, as much as I hate to say this, um, they, they just weren't very good this weekend, I didn't think. Uh, no, Denver bot- got bottled up on, on, on Friday night. Um, you know, for them to only get 20 shots against anybody. Um, that was as good an effort against Denver uh, defensively that I've seen. We, we know that, that, that North Dakota has a lot of we, – we know they have the talent. Okay. Um, but we also know that Denver has the elite offensive talent too. And, you know, did I, did I think that North Dakota, did I think North Dakota could have won two games? Yeah. I mean, it was always possible. I'm not going to, you know, but did I think it was likely? No. Um, and they held Denver to 24 shots on, on Saturday. Now the game was a little, was, was a little more even, but you know, just like teams can't go to the penalty box against Denver. You can't go to the penalty box against North Dakota either. And North Dakota was three for four on the power play Saturday night. Um, I don't care who you are. You get three power play goals in a game. I'm pretty sure that the winning percentage for the teams that get three power play goals in a game has got to be up near 75, 80%, if not higher. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you and on that. You just, you know, you have to stay out of the penalty. I mean, North Dakota's got very good forwards, too. Uh, you know, Jackson Blake was all over the power play uh, all night long. Hey, you got his name right. You don't generally want to call him Jason Blake. Well, no, <laughs> what are you talking about? You usually like to call him Jason Blake. Do I? Not Jackson. Yeah, normally you do. It, it's just ingrained in you from a little, I don't know, Islander blood. Well, I notice how I didn't say that the first power play goal by North Dakota on Saturday was from Cameron Burt. I could have, but I didn't. Yeah, he's uh, he's the West Fargo product. Islander draft pick. Huh. <laughs> West Fargo I product. Say I didn't say it. I could have, but I didn't. But, uh, I mean, we got to just... get you... We got to get you zoned in to start saying tigers. It's not just that's just never going to happen. So get oh, over okay. it. Okay. So anyway, not that comes away with a huge weekend, right? Yeah, I mean, but let me tell you what lies ahead for North Dakota: a, a trip lot. to Miami, yeah, and a trip to Colorado College, yeah. Uh, that's those aren't easy trips, and I think Miami coming on a little bit. Could be a bit of a trap game, dare I say? Could it be a trap game? It could. A trap series. Could. Because... Where you start thinking, you know what? We pumped our chest up pretty good, pretty good against Denver, and now all of a sudden we got to go uh, to Miami and see what they can do. And I think they can put up a fight. Well, you you think that the the the, the trap, quote-unquote, would be the Friday night game anyway. Yeah, yep. And then, and then, who knows what happens on Saturday? Anything's up for grabs, right? Um, and you just look at the standings now, and in the NCHC, and it's not a shock to see North Dakota on top, but no. um, 
It's, you know, North Dakota, 32 points. St. Cloud, 28. Colorado College and Denver at 23 points. I, I assume Denver would have the tiebreaker at this point because they've won the head-to-head matchups, but I don't know. Um, Western at 22 points. Duluth with 20. Omaha, 15. And Miami with 5. I mean, again, as we've been saying all year, 2-6. to six, uh, as they st- We were saying 2-7, to seven, but Miami's kind of – I mean, Omaha's kind of – uh, slipping there a little bit, um, you know they they they've got some wins, but most of them are in overtime, so it's costing them points. Their conference record is one regulation win, seven regulation losses, and six overtime wins. So they're getting the two points most nights. Yep, yep, I hear you. But everybody else is getting three. So yeah, that doesn't compute when you're trying to climb up, and I believe. No. Um, Denver does have the tiebreaker because I would believe that Michael would not put these standings up in this order if the tiebreaker belonged to Colorado College. So I think well, it is North Dakota, St. Cloud, Denver, Colorado College, Western, uh, Minnesota, Duluth, Omaha, and Miami. You know, and if this keeps up, just, I mean, you talk about a final weekend. Uh, yeah, yep. So you talk um, about a final weekend there, the regular season, Denver and CC with home and home. Oh, baby. And there's another um, series this weekend that was exciting. St. Cloud State in Omaha. Two teams, but we don't know what they are. Yeah, I don't think anybody does. I think they keep – We just don't know what – You know, Omaha wins two games in overtime. Again, you know, they're winning games. You know, they snapped a three-game slide. I mean, I mean, not that it's an overtime win at North Dakota followed by a loss at North Dakota and two losses against Denver. It's, Denver's, it's not a shame to lose to them, but, uh, you know, you come back on the road at St. Cloud, you get an overtime win and a tie. They won a shootout, but, I mean, so they'll get a point there. But, uh, again, get rid of the shootouts. Um, so, while... North Dakota was getting three and three. Omaha was getting two and two. Colorado College got two and two as well because they won both of their games in overtime. All right, so that's where you're starting to see that separation in the standings and why, you know, North Dakota, when they're winning, they're getting three points, and St. Cloud, when they're winning, are getting three points. Everybody else is kind of – uh, you know, here's CC, four regulation wins, four, four, five, and one. Denver, six, five, two, and one. Western, six, four, oh, and four. Uh, your Bulldogs, four, five, three, and two. And those are just, that's just craziness. All these games going into overtime um, for everybody except North Dakota. Dare I say parity in the um, NCHC as well? Well, obviously. Um you know, it, it is what it is. We we, we 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 always talk about it being the best league. Um, the Hockey East may, quote, have two of the three top teams overall, but um, I don't know. We, we, we can get into that tomorrow, too. But um, other than, you know, maybe talking a little BU and BC tonight. So, um 
But St. Cloud yeah. State Melmont, you were you surprised at the the play this weekend between those two teams? Well, here's here's the thing that surprised me, and maybe it was off of Friday night's game where uh, goaltending, I guess, was optional with a seven to six score. Um, After the races, as they like to say. Yeah, um, you don't expect to see Omaha not have Simon Lacozzi in the net, um, but. Mike Gabinette said we'll go with Seth himself, and uh, he makes thirty saves or thirty-one saves, uh, taking the game to overtime before they win it in overtime. So, uh, they win it shootout. Sorry. Um, so uh, you know, obviously, maybe Lacozzi was tired. Who knows? Um, I'm sure he'll still be the quarterback. Well, after the track meet, don't you think he might have been a little tired? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Might have been a little shell-shocked as well. You know, maybe that showed up the week before in De- uh, against Denver, too. And it just, you know, I don't know. Okay. Just as I'm watching, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. That's not like cozy. Yeah, I hear you. Your boy. Yeah, there's no doubt. One of them. One of them. You lean pretty heavily to the green and white team from Michigan, too. Um. Well, this year, yeah. <laughs> Let me let me let me see who else is winning. I can pull a Scott. <laughs> no, I've been bleeding black and gold, my friend, for uh, three years now. Yeah, okay. You know that roar, Tiger yeah. roar. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's still got that letter of intent sitting on his desk. Whenever he needs to bring it out, yep. Yeah, I'll I'm be sure he's gonna break it out right away. Right away. I'll be waiting. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> congratulations to uh, the victors this weekend in the NCHC that we covered. That's North Dakota. That's Colorado College. And um, in Omaha. And Omaha. Omaha. Yep. Not going to forget about Omaha. Okay. Um, so in the Colorado Springs vicinity of the Air Force Academy, the Air right. Force Falcons, I thought they were going to get a sweep, Paul. I thought they were going to get another sweep. And uh, and they came up a little short, but boy, those guys are playing hard and playing good, aren't they? Um, it's been a great month of January for the Czar and the boys, right? I mean, uh, you know, even though they came up short, you know, they basically gave up the game, but the last goal for Kinshus was an empty net goal. Uh, January's been pretty good, uh, six and two. For the Falcons of Air Force in this month. And when you look at the standings, uh, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, 32 points. Seven points behind RIT, who was in first. A point ahead of AIC uh, as they fight for uh, not just, you know, home ice, a bye. You know, a week off. Uh, you know, uh, they had a hot month. Put them in a good position. Again, they have 18 wins. Uh, 18 games played, 32 points. AIC has also played 18 games. Uh, so they have some, some games to be, to make up for against the rest of the teams in the conference. You know, Sacred Hearts got 36 points in 19 games. You know, a three-point night puts Air Force right behind them when they make up the game. Um, 
Holy Cross is two points ahead of Air Force, but they've played three more league games. So this is far from over. Uh, would I expect Air Force to catch RIT? I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I would expect that. But is it unrealistic to say they could catch uh, Sacred Heart, who's in second place? No, I don't think it is. Right? And nobody. I don't care who you are. Even we here, when they came out with the preseason poll, I thought they were picked a little bit too low. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting second place or third, you know, be fighting for second. Well, you just don't have any confidence in Frank and the boys. I do, but it usually takes them a little <laughs> longer to get together. Those <laughs> are his own way, words. Those are the, those those are his own. Yeah, I know. Thoughts. And by the way, he's going to Worcester. Worcester. Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah. For a Holy Cross weekend. It's a big uh, weekend for Air Force. I mean, you get huge, huge weekend get, because then you come home and you get Sacred Heart on your turf. I mean, a split this weekend. They somehow managed to get more than three points this weekend. Wow, that would be huge for Air for, for Air Force. Um, you know, like then again, I mean. It, in Worcester this weekend with a chance to, to, to catch the second uh, the, the team just ahead of them in the standings but only because they've played more games right then you play the next two weekends or the next three weekends you're playing all of the team teams ahead of you in the standings the next three we at Holy Cross home yep. for Sacred Heart Yep. Um, and then back on the road. Yep. And then you come home to finish off the regular season with Robert Morris. You know, um, you are again. So, I mean, listen, is it going to be, will it be tough to go on the road and take two games against RIT in their own building in the Policini center? Uh, probably uh, a tall task. But if I if I had told the czar at the beginning of the season, hey, coach, you're going to finish in second or third place in the league this year, would you take that? You know he would. Oh, absolutely. Now, I got to ask you. He would. I don't know if you've seen these uniforms that they played in this weekend. What did you think of them? Because I love them. I what, the white them. with the silver across the front? Yeah. I like those. White, silver, a little light blue. Yeah, I like um, those. Oh, they were sharp. They were sharp. You know, I, I like hope those. they hold those around. I understand they gave away like five or 600 of replica jerseys on Saturday night to, really? uh, to the fans. That would have been pretty cool to have one of those puppies. They were uh, – You know, I like those a lot. I should have traded Coach uh, some summer skates for those. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, that they'll find a way. <laughs> Can we move on? Can we move on to Lindenwood and the Lindenwood Lions? We had Rick Zombo on uh, last week, and uh, he talked about how important this stretch was for him. And goodness gracious, they came out and, and did something special Friday night, doing what they needed to do. Saturday, maybe not as special. 
but it was a sweep, and you don't ever say I'm sorry for a sweep. Well, I think some anger was taken out uh, on some people Friday night. Uh, Lindenwood gets 40 shots, two for five on the power play. Um, any power play goals they get um, help them tremendously. Aiden Yakumchuk with a hat trick. The Yak. I'm allowed to call him the Yak. <sighs> Please, no. <laughs> Are you having a rough night? <laughs> Every time you don't have to work these, them all. Every time you use nicknames. Uh, Kyle <laughs> Jeffers gets a couple of goals. And I can Wood call goes. him Jeffer. No. no. <laughs> no. So, you know, a good offensive output night. Uh, you know, 13 goals for the weekend. The, uh, you know, the... On, on Saturday night, you know, Lindenwood actually got out to a 3-1 lead. Stonehill tied the game. All right, going into the third period, it was now, it was 4-3. Um, and then, you know, each team gets a power play goal, so it's 5-4. Stonehill pulls a goalie, uh, ties the game, and Kyle Jeffers wins it in overtime. Two minutes in, uh, I'm sure again, you know, wins. So, you know, considering the 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 headspace where we think Lindenwood was in, or we know they were in, based on, you know, the coach's own words. Um, a sweep is nice, even if you had to take one game in overtime. Yep, a win is a win. Um, now the Lindenwood Lions make the trip to Tempe, Arizona. This weekend, and by the way, if you want to try to get a, a hotel room in Tempe, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Get, expect to pay a couple hundred dollars a night, no matter where you it's want not, to stay. It's not Phoenix Open weekend. No, but the next weekend is. Yeah. And then go ahead and expect to pay about four hundred a night for oh, a hotel. Sure. <laughs> it, it's it's bizarre. I hope the the Lions have their rooms booked well in advance. I'm sure they and did, and I'm really sure they got. Ready. Whatever discount the other teams get when they come out there. Yeah. So I, I'm sure they do too. I just want to throw that out there. It's a difficult task to uh, get a hotel room in the Phoenix area for any reasonable amount of money right now. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Unless, crazy you're king. Unless you're the king, yeah. baby. Uh, crazy how that is in February and January in uh, the desert. But yeah, anyway. That's, that's, you're the king. <laughs> so you're the that. king. It's not a problem. Um, so Arizona State. Will uh will host Lindenwood. This one is it going to be a the start of a rough stretch for Arizona State? I think because they are going to get as we talked about the last couple of uh, weeks, they are going to get everybody's best shot because everybody wants to be the team that knocks them out. And boy, playing with that target, we talked about that with Coach Powers uh, in his press conference uh, last weekend. Um, it's hard. It's hard, right? It's hard to win hockey games anywhere in the NCAA hockey, home, on the road, whatever. But when teams are gunning for you and um, when you have a 17-win team right now, boy, you can't take any shift off. 
because it can turn that fast. I mean, Coach Power said it. Uh, he said, you know, I, I need to win, or I was thinking that we needed to win in over in regulation, so I was ready to pull my goaltender if we were tied. Yep. Oh, my goodness. That is a hard mentality to have with 10 games to go in the regular season. But thanks to our friends at the Pairwise, that's what they're up against. Yeah, we have plenty of time for that later this week. I don't know if we have enough time for that ever because yeah, um, that's true. Uh, don't forget now you got now I'm you got to throw your buddy now you got to throw your buddies from RIT in there. Yeah. Yep. It's seventeen, eight, and one. Yeah, I'm here too. I don't like it. I don't like it. If you win 17, 18 games, man, you got to be you got to be at least in a tournament at this point. If you fall out, okay, then you fall out. But you got to be in there at this point. You can't have teams that are assuming that they're going to play well enough to stay in there, i.e. Michigan, Minnesota. Do I need to go down that list? No, I can't. Can't go down no, that we list. Got, we, can, we can save that for the polls, et cetera, tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, that. but that irritates me is like, put them in there now. If they fall out, they fall out. But you got to go with the teams that are winning hockey games because – you know, somebody told me once, you play to win the game. <sighs> I don't know who gets more irritated over that, you or Steven, but. <laughs> I don't know why Steven gets irritated over that. <laughs> anyway, um, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and uh, follow up on where our guys from Alaska uh, were competing this weekend. And um, we'll talk a little BCBU. Uh, BU kind of got. Um, and they didn't get whooped, but they got uh, a little acknowledgement about who owns uh, the Boston area right now, didn't they? Well, yeah, uh, we will talk about that in a couple of minutes, and they'll play again next week. Yep. Um, in a game that is not a conference game, but probably ju emotionally just as important. Oh, goodness, yes. All right, we'll be right back. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack has three locations. At 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. 
passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. From the nchc.tv studios, you're listening to ITHSW Podcasts, College Hockey West Live. Indeed, it is College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Maricopa, Arizona. Another three nights in the great state of Arizona uh, before moving on to Palm Springs and then back to Arizona and then over to San Jose. You know, my life on the road, it is what it is. Uh, my co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, never asked to take that, that show on the road. It's just in the estate. It comes to him. Am Ooh, I right? What? What is what? <laughs> the show comes what? to you. You don't have to take it on the road. It just flows into you. They, they don't anyway. let me on the road. <laughs> All right, let's dig into uh, Fairbanks. Went right out to your backyard. You didn't even get there. They went right to your backyard. Uh, I couldn't. The games I couldn't get to the, the game too early. Do <laughs> what do you do? Had to work or what? I know. Shocking, right? <laughs> Anyway, um, how did the boys from Fairbanks do against the Long Island uh, Sharks? Well, it was a good weekend for Harrison Israels, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> Kid's a player. Uh, you know, Kid is a player. Hat trick on, on Friday afternoon um, as Alaska bolts out to basically a 7-1 lead. Um, getting... Uh, a couple of five-on-four power play goals from Israel's, and Johnny Sorensen gets a five-on-three. Um, a lot of power plays in this game. The referees obviously were bored and decided to announce their presence with authority as uh, Fairbanks goes three for eight on the power play. And, you know, LIU is even two for seven. But by the time they got their power play goals, it was a little late in the game. Um um, LIU actually held Fairbanks to 18 shots. Speaking of late in the game here, um, Johnny Sorensen, we like to call him Johnny the Glue Sorensen. Yeah? No? No. <laughs> Just no. Um, you know, usually, uh, you know, LIU doesn't outshoot people two to one. But, uh, you know, uh, and they did it, you know, they weren't, you know, but again, you can't give up those power play goals. Um, uh, Saturday, after the tie that uh, was reversed, Alaska out shoots LIU 28 to 13. Uh, LIU does a much better job on the penalty kill going, you know, killing seven out of eight. But again, when I mean, you're only getting one. You know, uh, you know it was already three nothing by the time you scored late midway through the the third period. Uh, just not a good offensive weekend for LIU. Um, 
a very high shooting percentage for Fairbanks. Again, you get those power plays. And you know what happens. I mean, teams just get into the I mean, just get into the to that rut and they start uh chasing. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Brett Riley might not have been too unhappy uh on Friday night, even though they lost that game. You know, when you outshoot somebody two to one. Um I'm sure that it was just one of those rare nights where LIU didn't have good goaltending. Um, the next night, though, well, you didn't stay out of the box either. Yeah, it, that that kills you, man. It yeah, really just kills not a good, not a good weekend at all uh, for the home team. Uh, Fairbanks will take the wins anytime, uh, especially on the road. Um, go back home and have a one game uh, road trip to Anchorage. <laughs> Yeah, how is that? A one game? <laughs> well, it's the only place where you that makes sense for them to make a one game trip, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like um, it was the other way around a few weeks ago. Right, exactly. And speaking of the uh, Anchorage Sea Wolves, they had the weekend off, and I bet um, they were hoping that they didn't because you come off of a 4 nothing win at Providence, you probably want to get right back out on the ice. Yeah, And probably. I'm not sure that that was. Uh, a lot of fun to have to sit around and wait to play again when you had that much momentum, which you obviously had coming out of Providence. So um, Anchorage, as you mentioned, will host Fairbanks in the Governor's Cup again, but the Governor's Cup has already been decided, but they still play the games. Um, well, yeah. this. So um, that will happen. Then Anchorage will then uh, host LIU. They'll travel to Lindenwood. I like this weekend. Uh, the February 16th and 17th, the 23rd and 24th, they're going to be at Lindenwood and at Augustana. And that leads me, Paul, directly into this one. The Augustana Vikings opened up the new Midco Arena. It's the third new arena that's uh, been in our coverage area um, to open in the last, what, seven years, six years, something like that? Not even. I mean. Probably not. Probably CC five was- or less. CC was this is the was, this is their third year in Robeson, ASU's second year. Yep. In Mullet, you know. And um, I'm sure that, opens up Midco. Um, I am, you know, and you know, maybe this whole thing about trying to get used to a place, you've got a few more legs than than you think because, um, you know, Augustana had a tough weekend. I had a tough, tough weekend. Uh, losing on Friday night in the, in the building opener, uh, five to two, despite uh, out shooting Ferris, uh, thirty-seven to thirty-three. Uh, they dominate the second period, but only get one goal back, uh, and that was very late in the second period. Now they did tie the game at two-two. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, they might have just burned out too much, burned too much energy um, with all the emotion of a new building. Uh, they did get to overtime on Saturday night against Ferris. Um, you know, before losing 4-3. to three. 
Ferris scores about three minutes in. Uh, as Stefan Corny completes a hat trick for Ferris. Um, but again, you know, extra attacker goal to tie the game, send it into overtime. Augustana outshoots Ferris 19 to 5 in the third period. And it took an extra attacker goal. Yeah, that, that's something. Um, and, and 23 to 6 overall in the third period and the overtime, but, you know, fall short. Uh, you know, uh, and I'm sure that everybody, again, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times, right? With new buildings, it takes, um, takes some time to feel like it's yours. Yep. Which is a yep. little strange to me, but. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, they're, they're completely in new surroundings. They, they saw it Sunday, a week ago today. They saw it the inside for the first time, really. Yeah, they didn't really even get to practice in it. Yeah, they, they got a couple of days, I think. I think they got Monday, Tuesday, but not uh, – or maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. But they, they hadn't been in there very long, and it takes a little time. And Ferris obviously wanted to uh, flex their muscle in the new building. And then, of course, I think um, anytime you come back from Arizona and come back to Sioux Falls, that's a little climate change, too, you got to adjust to. Just, just, just a little. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Vikings uh, have a very busy schedule to round out their season. Uh, they'll be at Bemidji State this weekend. They'll host St. Thomas the following weekend. Then they go to Lake Superior State. And listen to this, Paul. How much fun would this be? They're going to host Anchorage on the 23rd and 24th and Fairbanks on the 1st and 2nd of March. What a way to kind of close up the season. Then they'll... They'll actually close out their new building with the U.S. National Under-18 team. So that's uh, Under-18 team. Um, right. So that's kind of kind of cool way to uh, to end. You get those two anchor or those two Alaska teams coming in, and then you get the U.S. National team for your final six at home. Yeah, well, that'll be uh, those will be interesting to watch the results of. You know, Fairbanks is going to need all the wins it can get. Um, you know, for for the pair wise and, and you know, it'll be like mirror images, Fairbanks, I mean, uh, Anchorage and, and, and Augustana where, you know, scrappy teams trying to establish things. And, you know, those, those U S national teams, a lot of talent on those teams, those under, you know, obviously like they played North Dakota and beat them earlier in the year. Uh, I don't think North Dakota played their full lineup or played it the way they would play a normal game. But those, you know, those NTDP teams are very talented, even the under-18 squads. Yep, 100%. Okay, we saved uh, probably the biggest matchup in college hockey in a long time for last, and we'll touch on that, Boston College and BU. A home-and-home, home, right, Paul? Yeah, and it's just weird to sit here and say that when you think about it, this is the first time they've ever been one and two, ranked first, you know, first and second rated, and I assume that that's by the polls, um, and played each other as the number one and number two ranked teams. Uh, that That's just weird considering – how many years they've played and how many games they've played. 
and you could feel the juice through the computer screen. Um, BU on Friday night hit a bunch of posts, and I mean a bunch. You know, um, and yeah, I know those are not shots on goal, but that doesn't mean it doesn't frustrate you. Right, um, and that you know the the that line of Leonard Perot and Smith were all over the ice for BC all weekend. You know those three guys that were on the World Junior team that won the gold medal. Yeah, and their goaltender at BC is not too bad either. No, Jacob Fowler, um, who was on that that team as well, I believe. What are you supposed to do with all that gold? I'm sure it's I'm sure it's framed up somewhere, right? It's not and it's not like Matthew Caron, who was in net for BU this weekend, had played bad. He just you know, they just couldn't score. Um, you know, BC got two empty net goals in the game to provide the final margin. So you're talking about a one goal game. And just um it was an absolute bedlam atmosphere all weekend long in those two games. I don't know what the actual distance is, but it's not much. I think it's less than 10 miles. Yeah, somebody said it's like on Calm Avenue or something like that. Right, one it's the Battle of Calm Avenue, right, one end to the other. Um, yeah. Uh, I was at I've only been to Boston one time, and I didn't get a chance to see it. And uh, I was I was hoping, had I had more time during the Frozen Four there, that would be something to see all the different uh, NCAA schools within the the proximity of Boston, Massachusetts. There's a few of them, right, Paul? Um, yeah, there's a few, and they'll, they'll be they'll as be, many as in New York or um, in in Massachusetts. Yeah, or in just in Boston itself. No, in Boston itself. Um, well, there's four. Okay. The bean pot. You know, yeah, I mean, um, and that's coming up in 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 not is it next week? Yes, I think it's next weekend. Or next next Monday, a week from a week from tomorrow. You know, it's uh, it's about four miles apart. Uh, even though it takes a lot longer to uh, <laughs> get there. If you is it like the the, the Long Island Distress Wait? Yes, it's only four miles, but it takes yes. you four hours. Yes, something like that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. Well, don't let anybody say that we don't talk East Coast hockey because that was a great matchup. Uh, oh, it was flipped, all, like I said, it was unbelievable. You, and, and, they flipped and, in the pairwise, kind of, right? BC jumped up to number one, and then um, BU is now number three, I believe. Yeah, the they, they slipped behind North Dakota. Um, and by the way, who said earlier in the year that North Dakota, if they got their roster together, they were going to be a tough team to beat because of that? I did talent on that roster. I did. Yes, you did. And uh, it was a pretty, you know, that team is coming together right now, whether they can play. I, I still think and nothing against their goaltender. He's a good one, but is he a great one? I think he's still got something to prove in big time games, Very... whether he is in fact the proven goaltender that can win you uh, a national championship. I think we're going to find out. I think that's the big question for a lot of these teams. Is as good as Jacob Fowler was over the weekend. Um, is is as good as 
uh, Trey Augustine's been. Now they were in the World Juniors, and I get that. Um, There's a lot of these teams that are in the upper, in the top 10 or 15 or 20 in the pairwise. If they get to that, you know, if they make it into the top, that a lot of them are going to have goaltending questions. A lot of them. Yep. And it will come down to who can put out the best goaltender, who can play the best defense. And as you always like to say, which goalie makes the fewest mistakes. Yeah. And you'll, as you like to say, though, uh, playoff hockey comes down to uh, special teams. Can you score in the power play and can you keep them off the board in the penalty kill? Yeah. We're going to find out, like I said. And we are getting down to this as much as we don't realize. We are getting down to the nitty gritty here. Yeah. Next week's games will be the first weekend in February. Yep. And so we're only, we're talking about the final four and five weeks. Yep. You, uh, you've got to get it together right now if you want a shot. And for the teams that are out front, they have uh, – if you have a four-point four lead like North Dakota does in the NCHC, that's pretty commanding at this point. Pretty darn close anyway. I mean, you can, you can pretty much control your own destinies. Yeah, so – and it's still a lot of people playing each other. So, yep, always the way it is. All right, anything else you got on the docket before we say goodnight? Uh, no, I think we're good. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, like I said, not everybody played this weekend. Um, it was uh, you know, some good battles. Uh, we, we, we talked about it a little bit. Michigan and Wisconsin split this weekend. Uh, Michigan State and that other Marooney gold team split this weekend. Uh, we have time yeah. to talk about the pairwise? No. <laughs> no. Okay, let know. me throw this out to you. I saw an uh, AHL game this weekend between Colorado and Henderson, and boy, did I see some impressive college talent out on the ice, and it's going to start and probably end with one Mason Morelli, who is, uh, he sent right now, in my estimation, Paul, he sent three players from the Henderson Silver Knights to the Vegas Golden Knights simply on the play of one Mason Morelli, who's who's the workhorse. He's the guy that goes into the corner, goes in front of the net, makes the pass, does what he needs to do. Brendan Brisson took advantage of it, moved up. Um, Mr. Rempel took a Sheldon Rempel, uh, moved up. Um, so Mason Morelli should be getting some royalty checks from some of the guys he's sending up. Of course, he's an Omaha product. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that, that he'll take it. I would. Yeah, I, I told him when he skated by me, I was by the glass, and I said, remember 10 years old, dude. I, I straightened your life out. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that he's. I'm sure you're expecting him to send you some royalty checks too. <laughs> he shot a puck at me. Yeah, uh, I'm sure, I would have done the same same thing. <laughs> Good thing there's glass. And yep. by the way, I, I had cut out. Uh, and big thanks to uh, Brian McCormick and everybody in Henderson for for giving me a cutout for the entire game, which is really invaluable. And you want some good photos, but boy, I, I think some of those goaltenders kind of eye me up sometimes and see if they can get a puck through that. That little cutout. Good for that. Uh, it looked that way. It looked that yeah. way. <laughs> anyway, this week we got all kinds of good stuff to talk about. I will prepare a schedule for the remaining because when I'm looking at this right now, um, I know there's going to be two weekends here in, at Arizona State to see Lindenwood 
NASU and to see Fairbanks NASU. But then, then I think it's going to be off to the Midwest for three or four weeks. Whatever. Just be prepared to throw out the schedule. <laughs> yeah, I'm always prepared for that. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I think the Colorado College Tigers are really making a push to host me for their for my birthday. Um, yeah, we're done here. <laughs> Take it away. From the NCHC.TV studios, College Hockey West Live has been brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts Casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is in the resort or in town. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. And the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. The Tag Creative Group. Search T. Gray and Rudd on redbubble.com and let us help you design that one-of-a-kind gift for you or someone special. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. The Caesar Sportsbook app. Download the app where available, but please play responsibly. FedEx, simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official package delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. And by Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. College Hockey West Live is live every week on the Podbean app and is available along with all of our weekly podcasts for download at your favorite podcast platform. Search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, to find any of our shows. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows, or tell friends to help others find the podcast. College Hockey West Live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. A couple of housekeeping things. Once again, congratulations to Randy Axelby for the sale of uh, behind the mask to pure hockey good for randy to enter retirement which he'll never do but anyway um uh, good for him and then also tomorrow paul the second anniversary of our partners at uh, spaghetti shack and they're running a special tomorrow you can actually get a half pound of pasta and spaghetti sauce for two bucks nice you can add your protein if you'd like you can add uh, garlic toast if you like but two bucks for a, pound, a half a pound of pasta and um, spaghetti sauce. So nice. go in there and take advantage of that. The guys at uh, Spaghetti Shack, two years old, and we're proud to have them with us as well. Yep. All right, we'll say goodnight. We'll ride to climb the Peacemakers. And, you know, by the way, Cancion Tequila popping up all over the place. I saw it uh, this weekend in Bullhead City, Arizona, at no the comment. Buffalo Wild Wings. So go, Roger, go. No comment. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.